Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Church Purpose. This is Series 2, Episode 14 of 28. I think that means we're halfway there. I must say it's quite an honor to be accused of having a demon by a demon, except that they are not trying to flatter you, but deceive others who just don't know what the heck is going on. Mention demons to most Christian folk, and they get a flashback of the line in the movie Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> but so now let's look upon the great deception. Matthew eleven eighteen, For John came, neither eating or drinking, and they say he has a demon. Mark three twenty two, And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has a Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons, he cast out demons. John ten twenty. And many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? I am living proof that God will use an absolutely worthless being to send a little hey-hey to show his strength using the weak things of the world. 1 Corinthians 1.27 But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. If I seem a little defensive at times, I'm not. The gospel stands all by itself, and Jesus' messages need no protection, as if I were able to effectively add one iota to it anyways. Nope, what I'm doing is hammering at all the stones that will rise up and attempt to discredit what is being said here, so as to throw some of you off, while at the same time, while at the same time, hammering at the stones that keep us stuck in the sea of contentment and thorough inefficiencies. 1 Timothy 4, 1-3 Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Didn't Jesus state Beelzebub cannot cast out Beelzebub? I added that. Verse 2. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created, to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Ephesians 4.19 Who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Matthew 7.15 Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. I wonder where these ravenous guys might be hanging out. The wolves in nature usually hang out where the sheep are hanging out, right? You see, there is more that is resisting the church than just the errors of man. As we can see by now, we are the bride of Christ, and by all means we are daily under the most severest of relentless attacks from the enemy. Why we would think that the devil would leave Jesus' girlfriend alone is baffling. Now I'm not saying that everyone who rejects this message is of the devil. Some will just be in the same place until they go home to be with him. They can ask him why they weren't more successful on earth. So how does the church get swolled up? How does it grow? Or maybe we should even ask how we should allow it to grow without getting stupid in our selection or rejection of leadership process. Of course I have examples of how it grew in the Bible. Acts 2, 4, 47. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. 
So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? So, filled with the Holy Spirit is good. Manifesting what only the Holy Spirit can manifest is better. Others mocking said, They are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Defending other believers for the sake of Christianity is a good requirement and keeps us from a divisive spirit. Romans 16:17. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learn, and avoid them. One more reason why we don't invite non-believers to church. Titus 3.10 Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition. I elaborate just a minute on the negative impacts of divisiveness. When you consider that Jesus states to love your enemy, but to avoid and even to reject a divisive person if they are unwilling to receive correction, you have to wonder why so many still try and create division in the body of Christ. To think, I am better than you, we are better than they, I am more spiritual, you are off on your thinking, and I know you would be thinking and not saying, at least you let the cat out of the bag. Listen, Satan's strategy is to divide, and if you think he likes you because you like him, you are sorely mistaken and misled. All you have to do is just peek out into the horrific human history and see the wars fought over the difference of skin color, the difference in religious beliefs, difference in status, culture, gender, resources, not to mention the human abuses, whereby we have those who take advantage of others for their own greedy appetites. And do we not even see others from the same culture and religion taking advantage of its own people? It is imperative that you understand that if you are not for Jesus in a biblical manner, then you are proactively for the devil, Matthew 12:30. You only have to say in whom you will serve. And even that depends on the call and awakening from God. Not to divert, but I've heard so many say, I don't believe in God. As if it's a great advantage to say that. To me, this is like saying I don't believe in air, or drowning, or falling. And yet we say these things as if it is an advantage to us somehow. Anyway, Paul states in Romans 14.1, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. If you make everything big just to win, you are still in error and just being cute. Time to swerve back into the main line. It also looks like leadership and supporting are another criteria for us building the house of God. Knowing the scriptures is right in line with warring and defending. We see in the following scriptures that the theme is the Holy Spirit. If you think it is spiritually intelligent to go about your Christian walk without engaging the Holy Spirit, then you should join a war and instruct the commander to give your ammo to another, because you will have no need of it. Know that this is just me pleading with you, that if you are going to be in this war, standing next to me, by all means make sure you bring some ammo. Verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall see dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. 
and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosened the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you haven't been called. That's what that says. I need you to hear that. If you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, then you haven't been called. And that's your own confession when you say the Holy Spirit is not for today. It's not me accusing you of it. It's the Bible telling you you're wrong. I want you to have the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm so passionate about that. Acts 10.45 And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came out with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Well, that's it for this episode. We will get back to it next episode. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Find a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.